Hey there. This is Manisha Kadagathur, partner at Zephyr Consulting Services and your host. As we wind down 2020 and reflect on the year gone by, I thought it was the perfect moment to acknowledge the value of a simpler, more purposeful life. This past year, we have all been forced to slow down, acknowledge the value of relationships, relook at our desires and reassess our priorities. For some, it has been a life-altering year. and for others a time to pause and plan with care whatever your personal situation one thing we can all agree on is that this year our work and personal lives blended into one for billions of children across the world schooling and education has taken on new meaning bedrooms kitchen counters dining tables a mat on the floor became the new classroom and the noise around edtech rose to a crescendo amidst all this din It is easy to forget that in 1937 Gandhi ji conceptualized nayi taleem an alternate philosophy of education which states that work and knowledge are not separate the three pillars of Gandhi ji's pedagogy were its focus on the lifelong character of education its social character and its form as a holistic process i caught up with sushma sharma the principal of anand niketan a nayi taleem school in Sevagram in Vardha district of Maharashtra. She is also a Gandhian, farmer and activist who strongly believes that sustainability is the way forward. In our conversation, we spoke of what nayi taleem means today, how an alternate education philosophy creates impact and why consumerism as a lifestyle is unsustainable. She shares exciting snippets of her personal journey. So find a comfortable spot to look out the window. and partake of an alternate possibility while the soundtrack of your own life plays in the background Sushma ji welcome to tell it like it is it's such a pleasure to have you on the show Namaste Manisha ji it's a pleasure for me as well Now uh, I wanted to begin by asking you about the link between education and financial well-being. Now as we all know that's one of our greatest insurances. A good education is like a gateway to a better life and it's a linear one. But nayi taleem offers an alternative to this theory. What is this alternative? See, nayi taleem is a holistic philosophy of education and it's also a practice. By nayi taleem it means the holistic development of body mind and spirit actually this is the philosophy given by gandhi quite formally in his later part of his life in 1937 and he very very clearly says that man is neither mere intellect nor the gross animal body not the heart or soul alone a proper and harmonious combination of all the three is required for the making of the whole man and this constitutes the true economics of education so this is something we need to look for ourselves what do we mean by education do we really look at it as just a way to have good life materially or do we mean to say that it's a holistic purpose which needs to be met through education nayi taleem certainly looks for the holistic perspective i feel that it is still essential and very much required in today's world so what attracted you to this ideology i come from rural background my father was 
a farmer and I could see village life quite easily. I stayed there later on. I came in contact with Baba Amte because he was holding camps for youth groups and was trying to expose youth to the situation of uh, the poor people in our country. At the same time, he exposed us to uh, different activists, people who were sensitive enough and studied society at length. So that was the time when we were exposed to all such ideas. At the same time, he exposed us to physical work. We were supposed to, during these camps, we were supposed to work on the soil by building walls for the dams and by building some uh, trenches and other things. You must be knowing he also worked for leprosy patients. And he thought that you cannot have, you cannot ask others for your livelihood. You have to actually build confidence in yourself and you have to put in labor. At the same time, you need to have equal rights. That was the time when I was driven by a different idea. And I also came from an Orthodox family where you see gender inequality so much existing in the family, not in my first family, but it was there in my extended family. And I wanted to overcome it during that time. So that is the time when you are critical about the things you see around. I participated in Bharat Jodo Yatra. That was a Meet India moment, which was organized by Baba Amte. And that was the time I could see a lot in our country, the kind of violence that was being done to the tribals in uh, building a dam, Narmada Dam and Sardar Sarovar Dam on Narmada. And the way uh, Medha Tai, Medha Patkar was trying to protest with tribals on this. At the same time, as I went, uh, we went ahead in Punjab, that was the time when such a huge violence was going on. This was the time when you could think of the kind of varied culture we had. People were so loving, but at the same time, when there was such an organized violence and how do we deal with this violence? How do we understand the conventional paradigm that was strong enough uh, about development, which actually asked thousands of people to disown their positions and disown their livelihood. And they were just given some money and thrown to urban settings where they were actually not having any skill to deal with. There was nothing for them. So uh, these are the questions that came to my mind. So what is it that we think about development? Uh, Is it the right path? I felt that probably we need to rethink on what we think of development and what are our roles as youth. I thought that I should lead a different life. Later on, I worked in rural areas in Vardha district with senior Sarvodai friends. That was the time when I came across rural people to a great extent. I worked with them. I could see the kind of... uh, discrimination that exists there, the kind of oppression that exists, the systemic oppression of farmers, the systemic oppression that exists, which actually uh, divides urban and rural uh, scenario altogether. And I wanted to do something which will help them as well as I wanted to change my life. I thought that I need to concentrate my energy on understanding and contributing in some specific area. And I started working for Uh, children with children on non-formal education 
learning out of balls, out of school structures. We worked with them through local people, local uh, women, local youth. And that was the kind of learning which was very much situated in life, situated in the surrounding. And gradually I came to understand that the kind of bookish education that we were ha having, and I realized it in my own life as well, that degrees really do not mean anything uh, in your life. The inner self, uh, the growth of your being, it doesn't contribute much. It's a different process altogether. That's why I thought that we need to work on education differently. And that was the time when I came close to Gandhi and understanding his thoughts on education. Gradually thought that we need to think differently about education. And that led me to Naitali. What a fantastic story and what a... Uh, what an impression that, you know, the entire system made on you, environment made on you. How old were you then? Actually, uh, you know, I had a very different kind of childhood. Yes, I was brought up in orthodox family, uh, extended family, but my parents were quite different. My father was a farmer, as I told you, but he was a gold medalist in agriculture. And that was the time when, uh, this is in 1960s, when our country was going through a series of droughts. Uh, people had nothing, no grain to eat. People were hungry. And my father decided that he will produce food for people. Uh, he could have got some other job. He was a gold medalist. But he preferred to be a farmer. He worked with Baba Amte as well. And my mother, she was a teacher. And she came across a Sarvodai, Anna Sahat Sahasrabuddhe. And that's how she went around the country and looked for different things. And finally, she thought that she, need, she also needs to have a different kind of life for herself. And when Anna Sahat Sahasrabuddhe and Baba Amte proposed these two people to get married, they were of different caste. At that time, they had inter-caste marriage. And their wedding was held in... Uh, leprosy colony in Ananvan. In the corporate world, there is much talk of diversity and inclusion as global initiatives that need to be cascaded down to every country and every unit. But just think back some 60 years. There was an active movement across the country in inclusion and intermingling of different castes. It gives me the goosebumps just listening to some of these grassroots initiatives. So it was a different kind of marriage and a different kind of married life they had. They did not really say anything to us, but we could see it. Now I see it in a much better way that our childhood was quite different than other children. Let me tell you one or two incidences, how my parents were different. See, farming is a job, is a kind of work where you have to work in teams. Of course, you have to work in teams elsewhere also. But here, you don't have like calculated eight hours job. It's a thankless job. You have to start early in the morning until late evenings. You have to work in the rain. You have to work in the sun. When people working with you become sick for some reason or ill, I saw my mother. Uh, she cooked for them hot thali went to them first and then we ate. So this is something which was not very abnormal for us at that time. But today I feel that yes, we had a very different childhood and that must have had some impact on me. Fabulous. Now to my generation and those younger than me, 
being a gandhian basically means adopting a very minimalistic life and rejecting any international material it's a very simple life mm-hmm. and it goes against all the consumerism that we see around us because having those possessions bigger house bigger car kids in international schools or kids studying abroad and you know making those foreign trips and stuff like that that is yeah. what to my generation actually feels like what being a gandhian means how about you how do you view growth because you have now seen that system you are also seeing the present day so for you how do you view growth gandhian thinking does mean simple life however it doesn't mean that you have to be close to everything outside actually you can be all open you need to understand what is your life for you need to understand the purpose if the purpose is not just material then you can move around the world of course gandhi went to different places in the world isn't it but the purpose was clear and i don't feel that we need to take so much of pressure of gandhi but we need to understand whatever actions mean to us and to others and whatever that enriches self and others together leading to a better life for all we need not really uh, be bothered much about uh, our movements our consumption of certain things but we need to understand that in nature there isn't so much of surplus we are all very intricately related to each other so our life if it has a larger purpose then for that purpose we can do it for example let me tell you if you are fond of clothes then you can have a different perspective and you can feel that the clothes that you wear if they are khadi or if those are spun by people and those are woven by people in remote areas through which you actually what you consume allows them to have their livelihood here your connections with those people make a difference of how you consume and how you help others so the beauty in is not in what you possess but the beauty lies in what you consume understanding of what you consume and what this consumption affects others and what i particularly feel is we need not look at gandhi as somebody who is isolating you from people actually he doesn't feel like that we need to remain connected globally but at the same time these global connections should help us to lead a life that uh, actually enables to lead a better life so it's an interesting debate because most people will say that at an at yeah. an individual level whatever i yeah. do even if i try mm-hmm. my best to be as satvik as possible it's not going to necessarily uh, make an impact so i much rather focus on bigger goals about mm-hmm. the industries or the corporations that are actually going ahead and polluting mm-hmm. and if yeah. we just focus on the bigger issues then the smaller things will take care of themselves but what you're saying so that's one school of thought and but what you're saying is that it needs to come from within i would not say manisha we have to be small all the time uh, you can think big if you are a corporate uh, you can think big where do where do i invest do i need to make money from by exploiting natural resources to a degree that corporate systems don't function here after or do i need to invest in regeneration reconservation of nature do my whatever money that i have resources i have do i need to invest in people who will get their livelihood and it can be mutual process as well the purpose can be like enabling people in their own areas in a sustainable way there has to be a much larger section of the population that needs to adopt this sort of thinking 
because we all at least grow up with this sense of scarcity mentality everything being yeah. hyper competitive whether it is schools whether it is getting into colleges or whether it is getting into companies it is about being ahead it is about being visible it is about making sure that everybody uh, listens to my voice sort of a thing and that goes contrary to saying that the pie can be larger by including other people it does not have to be i win then you have to lose see sometimes i feel if you are selfish i could understand you are insecure and you want to gather as much as possible but does it really bring security to self lots of money doesn't really bring emotional security to you doesn't bring social security to you you can be quite isolated at psychological level that's why you see that people commit suicide so we need to understand how do we understand ourselves as a human being do we understand do we identify ourselves as just consumers or we are life forms with a larger capacity of understanding self in relationship with others i think we are certainly different than animals and we can think much uh, above and much uh, in a complex situation Uh, but the purpose what is the purpose of our life we need to understand that i don't feel there is any higher uh, quality of assuming ourselves as consumers it's a very insecure understanding rather i i would feel that we need to feel secured with uh, many people around with our good quality relationship with a harmony that we have with nature that makes us more secure we need to create such kind of structures which actually enables people to live peacefully look at the way what is happening in the country today farmers coming to delhi protesting for the kind of insecurities they are driven to what are our structures to work for the government to work for and those who are the consumers of food you can't consume computers and money do we you can't live like that you have to consume certain things there are basic necessities and people who are providing these the kind of situations that they are in and we are people in uh, urban areas people who are possessing money power status everything are so in some ways not bothered about what what is happening to those who are producing things for us secondly we are depleting resources process to such a degree that we are not thinking of generations ahead it's not just your generation my generation and my children's you have to look ahead for a longer period of time and in that sense there is no sustainability at all with the kind of affluent lifestyles that we are leading towards like looking at our own life and looking for happiness in it is not going to last long do we need to see a balance uh, for a sustainable period of time that coming generations should be able to lead a better life and better life with nature and also with the society with the people around and that's going to be a real security for all of us and this is the larger security that we and larger selfishness that we need to look into i agree so tell me what does this alternate sustainable education look like what is the curriculum like naitali means an integrated education of body mind and spirit development of all and so productive work is an essential component of naitali at the same time uh, you need to be actually aware of what the society is what nature is how people are related to each other so it's not just bookish learning 
you might you have to understand the theories of natural science you have to understand society its structures how it functions but at the same time you also need to be speaking to self reflecting on yourself trying to build yourself based on certain values and this together forms a holistic education so uh, as holistic education there is no compartmentalization of subjects so if you are doing uh, farming then actually you are having an experiential learning by being with the life forms by be, uh, working with soil water seeds plants and you learn natural science at the same time you work and you enjoy the way your energies get engaged with and you get the joy of creating something this joy of creation is extremely important if it is farming if it is cooking then you have to be self reliant like in farming also the sense of self reliance you feel you know the sense of your relationship to other life forms the way everything is related uh, that sense of uh, the material itself is a learning tool for you you cannot actually ruin others beds where the vegetables are being grown you cannot be responsible to others that's the kind of learning uh, you become sensitive to others labor and you understand what labor putting labor is at the same time this is the window to take you to what happens in the society you can actually you are farming you are for a short period of time in the school but at the same time you are relating to what happens in the world around uh, what happens when bt seeds come to your country and um, this industry of seed industry what is it doing to your farmers what kind of autonomy people had earlier and how it is being lost how new enslavement of uh, people is being done all such kind of sensitization and learning through science also takes place today mindfulness is gaining momentum in businesses and there are a host of techniques including meditation that one can use to arrive at a state that allows you to be sensitive to others needs and reduce stress in such a context a school that teaches these values from childhood and emphasizes the interconnectedness of all things is exactly what we need working in teams understanding technologies understanding basic science and creating values for self not enforcing on them but creating for self through experiential learning through relating to people is something which is very crucial to naitalim a uh, similarly we work uh, like children do cooking also and they understand how to keep themselves fit what to eat what not to eat how to how to handle your desires your tongue how, what you consume every small thing what is it doing to others what is it leading to others all such kind of deeper side and then even we have hierarchies within the family which is the smallest unit in the family and you see gender inequality there so sensitizing children towards them enable enabling them to see what they behave how the family functions where is the need to change and such kind of where is the need to change by the members in the family and themselves the way they relate to their mothers their sisters their aunts everything they can actually see reflect upon and enact Uh, change themselves through their values then there are other things like clothing and through it 
like there is nitya nai talim like you can change these these are kind of crafts which are essential part of nai talim but these crafts are changeable you don't have to do the same throughout the country based on different places you can have different crafts and based on craft you can build holistic learning that is something which is essential you can learn enable children to learn social structures geography basic science social uh, like understanding their relations democratic functioning everything is learned through it you might be familiar with a liberal arts education that's the hallmark of a western education where students learn skills necessary to participate in civic life and examine humanity's timeless challenges fundamentally it represents a shift in the course of education from vocational professional and technical to holistic artificial compartmentalization which is easy for us to actually plan education to assess children but the world is not like that. the life is not like that it's so much integrated and to look at it with that complexity as it is and to actually explore it with this holistic perspective is very much important and very satisfying also because it makes more sense to you to build your own life to relate to others uh, and this holistic understanding in some ways uh, in cognitive science there is lot of scope given to it this is the way through experiences through contextual learning children learn in a sustainable way it lasts long uh, it helps children to actually uh, relate their earlier learning in the newer context and then innovate in the newer context so this is such kind of enabling such kind of deeper satisfaction you get uh, is very important actually what what is happening is we are trying to enforce the curriculum that we have in our mind on children but we are really not creating opportunities for them to explore and to have choice so when when some choice is given at the same time holistic learning is essential i do understand that all children need to understand basic science they need to understand nature they need to understand societies because that is how you become capable enough to deal with multiple things and that is how you need to have different potentials but then uh, you need not be so much compartmentalized and not giving children uh, any liberty to explore you can have a combination you can look uh, you can actually provide opportunities for the nurturing of multiple intelligences when you are in naitalim Uh, then the way the brain functions even naitalim is actually very close and appreciates actually gandhi never knew how brain functions at that time but as uh, research goes on in brain science we do understand how children learn when you feel a value of that thing for yourself that's the time when child actually engages with it but not, not just for the sake of studying tell me about the successes of this model of education what have the children gone on to do typically what happens in each class we are too young to actually come up with big experiences because we have started in 2005 but we do have naitalim experiment for which worked for 40 years here there you can see people are different uh, they are holistic in their thinking and they are successful in their life they have gone to high capacities and high positions but at the same time they are sensitive that is what i have seen in 
in one of the conferences which was held in Vardha. This is for what happened with the older experiment that was done. What I see in last 15 years, we went through natural growth and we have only four batches now after uh, they have finished their matriculation and they are doing well. I, I, I feel that so far as conventional understanding of success is concerned, we work with neighborhood approach and children from nearby area come to us. We don't have kind of interviews. Every child that comes to us is taken, is given admission. In India, there is a mad rush towards white collar jobs and for some weird reason, most probably based on our caste system, there is a strong pushback against working with one's own hands. There is no concept of dignity of labor. We believe that some jobs are beneath us and there is a deep sense of shame associated with it. And this manifests in different ways across companies. Think of executive dining rooms for top executives or separate floors or peons carrying briefcases and such. Today, as you say, nobody wants to labor. Nobody wants to soil their hands. They want white-collared learning and white-collared jobs. But they don't realize that there is a deep learning in what is done. So we do have people who think differently and they are sending their children to the school now. Uh, I see that children are doing well. They are getting marks above 80% to quite an extent. 60% of our children are getting marks above 80%. But I would not look at it as a success. How do they look at life and how do they perform? How self-motivated they are, how they relate to each other. That's something which I feel is important because looking at it in a conventional way would not be right. Rather than thinking just about marks, we need to understand that children need to invest themselves uh, in academics at the same time, how the world is performing, being critical about it and looking for their roles to change this world and to change their life uh, in a better way. Can you give me some examples, Sushma ji? One of our child has got a fellowship and is studying in Azim Tenji University now. Many children have got admitted to engineering, but they think differently. Let me tell you about Sangarj. He comes from a very poor family, Dalit family. He has got admission in VNIT. He's so comfortable selling vegetables with the family. He doesn't feel that he's doing anything wrong. In it. So this kind of comfort in doing in intellectual act at the uh, like endeavor at the same time doing something physically is with comfort something which is extremely a social experiment like nai talim requires resources i asked sushma ji how anand niketan goes about the process of engaging donors both retail and institutional see education is an endless job and you need to have money without money you can't do education uh, let me tell you what Gandhi thought about Naitalim. He wanted to have Naitalim in a way where whatever that is produced by children need to be sufficiently uh, sufficient to re- take the recurring cost of the school. But this was his vision at the time when labor was paid well. Even that time it wasn't paid well, but he thought that our reliance on government at that time and government was actually trying to say that unless we have liquor industry running well and the profits from that went to education we won't be able to sustain education for children Hmm, that was the kind of conflict 
that Gandhi was facing. And he thought that probably we should not educate our children based on liquor money. So wow. uh, he said, instead, we need to have autonomous educational systems where children will be working through their crafts and producing sufficient to run their own schools. Uh, let me tell you that this was not an easy thing because we, uh, th- this was the, uh, when he said this, Many people, many educationists questioned him. This will be the way where it might lead to child labor. Of course, he didn't want that. He wanted children to be so particular that any craft which is being done, the resource should not be wasted. It should be such a neatly and scientifically done thing that it takes care of your life requirements. That is how he looked at it. It wasn't just taking financial uh, care of uh, the school, but he wanted to do it with such a great quality. That is something which is important. So we see to it that whatever craft is done, it has to be done meticulously. It has to be done in an integrated way, scientifically. Now we are not doing that. Certainly our craft expenses are being taken care of through the production work that we do. But so far as honorarium for teachers is concerned, we, uh, it's a kind of volunteerism that all of us do. So we don't get money, which is, which any government teacher would get. It's an honorarium. Wait, just pause. Listen to that again. Teachers take an honorarium and not a salary for an ongoing experiment. We don't get money, which is which any government teacher would get. It's an honorarium. And we are certainly getting money from some corporates. But this is not on their terms. This is on our terms. They respect what we do. They respect what we object towards, our goals. And they give total freedom to us. So that is how we are taking funds from Bajaj uh, Madhudhani group. At the same time, there are a number of people who contribute towards this because they see the drawbacks in current education system. They are looking for some kind of different options in the field of education. They come to us, they see the thing, they experience it by staying with us. So that is how the need is being taken care of and parents contribute to some extent, but they can't do much because they come mainly from lower socioeconomic. How much of technology is integrated into the curriculum? We have opened ourselves altogether for this uh, because this is the way children get connected to the knowledge, to information, I would say. And that is how their ambitions or drive for knowledge, for information can be uh, very easily made available by providing this opportunity to them. So we do have computers, children work on internet from class five onwards, but at the initial level till class 10, there is computer aided learning, but not computer based learning altogether. Like they don't learn computers at that age because that's the time we feel that they need to understand uh, real life and real things through their senses. This is the virtual world and virtual world should follow that. Uh, we have learning through their mother tongue and regional language. It takes little longer for them to understand, have a good hold on English. And by class five or six, uh, they have good understanding, better understanding, and they are able to handle this, these areas in a better way. Wonderful. How would you measure the impact of your work? I don't know whether it's the right time to measure impact, but... There is a continuous process of assessment that needs to be done. 
Hmm? Impact is at the end, but then you have to ensure that are we going in the right direction? Are we doing something which want, we want to do? And is it giving results? So, so far as that is concerned, we feel that yes, we are able to build certain skills. We are able to actually help children to be critical about the world around, the complexity they live in. They can relate to these things. Of course, we cannot actually indoctrinate them. That, that's something which we don't want to do. So far as learning is concerned, are they self-motivated? Are they self-driven? Are they curious enough to take different uh, experiences. That is also very uh, important to be a good learner. And we feel that, yes, sizable number is number of children are self-driven. I would certainly agree that these children come from families where uh, parents are first generation learners and there is hardly a newspaper coming to the family, uh, in the family. And there is very little uh, literary culture and a lot needs to be done for these children and the things are very complex and we are working towards it. That's it from me. I hope today's episode brought out a different perspective and an appreciation of what folks around India are doing to add meaning to their lives and to the lives of others. Through 2020, we have covered unusual stories of guests and explored purpose, performance and reward through their lens. Today, we have a bank of 34 episodes, 1100 minutes of original content and are heard in 35 countries. On that note, we take a break for the holidays and will be back with a new season in January. I'm Manisha Kadagatur. Wish you a great rest of the year. Thank you for listening.